This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning, this is Marsha Davis. Today I'm going to talk about a prayer that Jesus offered about non-duality. In the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John, we have one of the best descriptions of non-duality in the Bible. It comes in the prayer that Jesus offered on the night he was arrested. Now the other three Gospels describe Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in those Gospels, it is a prayer of agony, with Jesus sweating blood and asking God if it's possible that he might not die, and then finally surrendering to God's will. In John's Gospel, the prayer offered that Monday, Thursday night was very different. The prayer occurs before they depart for the Mount of Olives, and it is a prayer of inner peace and describing unitive awareness. This prayer can be broken into three parts. First, Jesus prays for himself, then he prays for his disciples, and third, he prays for future generations of disciples who would believe in him. The theme of the first section is eternal life. The key word is glory. The word glory or glorified is used six times in five verses. Jesus begins by saying, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you. And he ends the section saying, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory with which I had with you before the world existed. Now he is talking about his departure from physical life to resume the glorious existence that he had before he was born. This is a reference to his true nature as the eternal word, the logos, the I am, being itself. To be glorified is to return to that glory which he always was and is. To be glorified is to dwell in his true nature without a physical body. It's the same with us. This is glory for us as well. As we follow in the footsteps of Jesus, we realize who we truly are, which is who Christ truly is. That is why this is often called self-realization. It is to experience what we are before birth and after death without a physical body. It is to be fully aware of this timeless non-duality now. The future aspect of eternal life is often emphasized by Christians. In popular Christianity, this is usually pictured as going to heaven when we die. As the Gospel hymn says, when all my labors and trials are o'er, and I am safe on that beautiful shore, just to be near the dear Lord I adore, will through the ages be glory for me. Glory for me, glory for me, when by his grace I shall look on his face, that will be glory 
be glory for me. Eternal life here is pictured dualistically, which is the only way that the mind can picture it. But the reality is non-dual awareness. We are not just near the Lord and seeing his face. We are one with the Lord. As the Pauline letter to the Colossians describes it, this is the glorious riches of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The timeless non-dual awareness of Christ in us now is the basis for the hope that when our earthly existence ends in time, that this, our true, timeless nature, does not end. In other words, eternal life is now. Jesus defines eternal life in this chapter, saying, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This says that eternal life is knowledge, knowledge of God in Christ. This is the basis of what is often called Gnostic Christianity. Gnosis is the Greek word for knowledge, and it's the, it's the word actually used in this biblical text. Gnostic Christianity was not originally considered to be a heresy, as it was later declared to be by early church fathers like Irenaeus and Tertullian in the second century. What is now called Gnostic Christianity was simply a part of the rich diversity of earliest Christianity. Spiritual knowledge is at the heart of the Gospel of John. In traditional Christianity, though, it's not about knowledge, but it's all about faith and believing. Here in Jesus' definition of eternal life, though, he says that eternal life is knowledge. Hindu spirituality calls this yana, the way of knowledge, one of the traditional Indian paths to liberation. Now, this is not intellectual knowledge. This is not dualistic knowledge about God or Christ. It's not holding on to certain doctrinal knowledge that can be contained in creeds and expounded in theological tomes. This is spiritual knowledge. This is first-hand awareness, knowing our true nature and knowing God's true nature, which is the divine name. I am. This is unitive awareness in which there is no division between the knower and knowing and the known. All is one. Jesus communicated this knowledge to his disciples, which is the theme of the second part of this prayer. Jesus prays, I have revealed your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have followed your word. The name Jesus is referring to here is the eternal name, I am. The word that he is referring to here is the eternal logos, which means word, his true identity. Jesus goes on to pray for his disciples, saying to God, All things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. I am no longer going to be in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, so that they may be one, just as we are one. 
Jesus is saying here that after his death, his disciples will be in the name, the I Am, and will be one with him in God. This is non-duality. The high point in the prayer comes in the third section, though, where Jesus prays for those who will become Christians through the testimony of the twelve disciples. This is one of the greatest passages in the Bible, one of the best descriptions of non-duality ever taught. Jesus prays, I am not asking on behalf of these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me, I also have given to them, so that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfect in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and you love them just as you loved me. Jesus is describing a perfect mystical unity of the believer and Christ and God, all are one. Jesus says, You, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us. Jesus says that we are one with God in the same way that he is one with God, so that they may be one just as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may be perfect in unity. Traditional Christian theology has a lot to say about Jesus' oneness with God, as God the Son. In fact, it took most of the first four centuries and numerous church councils to work out the exact language of this oneness. The Nicene Creed uses the words eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made of one being with the Father. But traditional Christianity ignores the fact that Jesus says that we have the same oneness with God as Jesus. Jesus said he was giving us the same glory that he had. The glory which you have given me, I also have given to them, so that they may be one just as we are one, I and them and you and me, that they may be perfected in unity. Those phrases of the Nicene Creed used to describe Jesus also describe us. Of course, saying something like that is considered heresy in traditional Christianity today, yet that's exactly what Jesus said. Today, Christianity describes humans in terms of fallenness and sin and mortality and judgment, and condemnation, and death, a lot of negative language. At best, it will talk about us as creatures made in the image of God, but never use the same words that are used for Christ. That's how far Christianity has drifted from the original message that Jesus proclaimed. We are in God, and God is in us. We are in Christ, and Christ is in us. 
We have the glory that Jesus had and has. We are one with the divine. Jesus here calls it perfect unity. If that is not non-duality, I don't know what is. In the final words of the prayer, Jesus describes this as divine love. He prays to God, I have made your name known to them and will make it known to them so that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. This is the non-dual gospel that Jesus proclaimed. This is the unitive love that is being proclaimed in the gospel of John. This is Christian non-duality. That's it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.